Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Took me a while to get that. Now I'm on board. We got rain, snow on the way, I know. Uh, you, you heard Al a moment ago, uh, winter weather advisory goes into effect at midnight, continues until 10 Sunday night. There's a wind advisory as part of it, two to four, uh, central southern Minnesota, western Wisconsin, uh, the greater Twin Cities area and beyond two to four. But then on Monday, uh, the sun pops out, will hit 49, Tuesday is sunny at 56, so the snow we get Will not be around. Uh, the rivers, the St. Croix, the Mississippi, uh, the Minnesota high water. Uh, be aware of that. A lot of the tributaries running high as well. Speaking of the great outdoors, Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? I've been great, Steve. I got a tremendous walleye hangover going on today. You were at the Missouri River, weren't you? I did. I admit it. I made the six-and-a-half-hour drive out there this week, and believe it or not, I was in a T-shirt and 84 degrees for two days. Yeah, and then here we are. We've got a winter weather advisory, at least uh, here in central and southern Minnesota and western Wisconsin. It's amazing how it changes. But uh, tell us more about the Missouri River. I know you shot of that Chamberlain area quite a bit. Yeah, it was great. I was um, not really expecting the crowds out there. You know, the two days were so beautiful and no wind. I mean, it was ideal conditions. And I got to the access the first morning about 7.15, and there wasn't a parking space left. And this is an area that can handle 100, you know, trucks and trailers. So I wasn't the only one. There were people from Michigan and Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, it was an amazing turnout. And so it was very crowded. I mean, I won't uh, lie about that. It was uh, pretty crazy. But I went up river and I found walleyes in 26, 28 feet of water, which I normally don't fish. But because there was so much boat traffic with people going up and down, up and down, I figured, you know, they probably went deep and you know, were pushed off the shallow areas. And it worked out great. They were you know, in deep water in the, in the main river channel, and I was very successful for a couple of days. It took me a couple of hours to find them, but the fishing was great. The weather was great. It was just so cool to get out in the boat and, you know, check everything out, make sure everything works, and just to be in a T-shirt. I mean, it was great. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Chamberlain weather right now, 40 degrees northwest winds at 15, gusting to 20, and that that is a part of the world where you really got to pay attention because it can change in a dime. So it is it is one of those, if you're going to go to the Missouri River and try, great. But 
keep a close eye on the weather. Yeah, you know, Steve, I usually wait till like 24 hours and I look at the next day, and if it looks good, I go for it, just because I know I can get at least one good day. It's hard to get, you know, two, three days in a row of consistent weather, so you try to get a day and a half at least, and yeah, it's wacky out there. It can be 14 degrees in the morning and 80 in the afternoon, and it's all that Chinook effect out there. Yeah, and uh, Steve, uh, kind of back at it uh, here in Minnesota, uh, there, there's there's no doubt uh, still fighting the weather. We had that warm-up, uh, made a big dent in the snowpack, but uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, the rivers are rising quickly. I live along the Mississippi up in uh, the northern edge of the Twin Cities area, and it's come up very quickly. You know, we're starting to find out, too, Steve, there's going to be some fish kill issues here, especially in southern Minnesota. Um, I've already seen quite a bit of, you know, uh, stuff coming in about those lakes, those southern lakes that, you know, are 14, 15 feet deep, that there are fish kills going on. And I'm starting to hear a little bit about western Minnesota. And we're going to find out in the next week or so really how severe this is. It doesn't surprise me, you know, with this heavy winter we had with the snow and the cold and the wind and there, there's no doubt going to be issues with fish kill, you know, throughout Minnesota. So we're kind of waiting to see how that shakes out. But right now, southern Minnesota has a lot of it, and I, I'm a little bit worried about the border waters and, you know, areas in western Minnesota. But, you know, we'll find out probably in the next week or 10 days what's really going on. But that's really not good news, and, you know, we're just going to have to see how it shakes out. And uh, has, with with this warmer weather recently, I know it's cooled down quite a bit, uh, has it put a dent in the ice on the lakes in your neck of the woods? You know, I saw a guy with a snowmobile crossing one of the lakes by my house, and the ice is black, and I go, what are you Ooh. doing? I mean, it's really not the time to be out there. I think it's really progressed a lot in the last week. Probably, you know, we're down to maybe a dozen or 15 inches of ice, but... You know, the good news, this was a really good week, and we've had rain, and that always helps a lot, and wind. So I think we're going to be okay for the inland opener. I, I was a little pessimistic before, but I think we're okay, and it looks like I think the ice will be out in a lot of the lakes in northern Minnesota within the next week. So right now I'm, I feel better about that. So I think we're okay. I think we're okay. And then uh, we mentioned uh, be aware of, uh, and, and be wary of uh, the rivers and even the streams, for that matter, because water's running high, particularly here uh, around the metro area. It is amazing. I've lived along the river much of my life, and it has taken as quick a jump as, as I've seen in a long, long time. Well, I think a lot of the snowmelt, Steve, has really kind of had its way, and it's kind of done, so I think... You know, the way it looks, it's going to peak maybe in the next few days, and then that's yep. going to be it, unless we get a ton of rain, which we really don't want. And when I heard about you guys getting two to four, it's like, boy, you don't need that, especially for the St. Croix in Mississippi. That's going to really raise havoc. But maybe they're wrong. Let's hope they're wrong. Yeah, it, it sure <laughs> looks like snow in these parts tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, uh, no doubt a big rainfall would not be very welcome. Steve, what do you got in the coming week? Are you going to lay low, or what, what's the plan? You know, I'm thinking, Steve, maybe hitting, you know, getting back to the Missouri River, but maybe trying a different stretch. I'm thinking going down by Platte or down by Yankton and maybe get away from the crowds up in that Chamberlain-Fort Thompson area and, you know, try to get into a more of an obscure area 
And, you know, those fish are spawning right now. That's why the fishing was so good. They're, uh, they're going at it. They're at least three weeks ahead of the fish here. And so I'm, I think I'm going to head back and, you know, try a different area, but still stick with that system because it's, uh, the fishing right now is really good. And, man, I can't stay away. Even though the drive is a long way, I, I got to go. I got to go. About water, what about water levels? I, I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, compared to normal, is it, it water levels good on the Missouri River? Yep, very normal, Steve. You know, okay. they really didn't get the snow that we got here, and they really have not had the runoff issues out there. Everything is pretty much normal, and there's nothing crazy out there at all. I would say it might be up a little bit, but you can still see the timber sticking out of the water, you know, that you need to avoid, which is a good sign. And, you know, the Corps of Engineers run the show out there. So right now it looks fine. Um, again, the snowpack is gone, so... I think everything looks good. I don't know about the Red River Valley. That might be a different thing. But out in the Missouri, things look just fine. All right, Steve, good to visit with you. We'll do it again in a week. Sounds great, Steve. Have a great weekend. All right, Steve Carney joining us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Been joining us for years here on the weekend. Our outdoors coverage continues on Sunday. Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News has an hour-long show Sundays between five and six twins yankees tomorrow final game of the four game series dynamite pitching matchup it'll be garrett cole for new york and pablo lopez for minnesota our coverage begins at 10 a.m with the huddle and of course pete nigerian joined by dave schwartz and then at 11 30 inside twins Corey provis jay's tingler and then at noon it will be uh, the lineup card with Chris Atterbury, then Corey and Danny with all the play-by-play at 12.30 from the Bronx. Timberwolves on the radio tomorrow night. Game one of that opening round playoff series with the number one seed Denver Nuggets from the Mile High City. Our coverage begins at 8. I'll have an extended pregame show between 8 and 9. At 9 o'clock, it'll be Cal Soderquist in the pregame show, then Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. Uh, from Denver, uh, beginning at about 9.40 on Sunday night. Here on the home of the Twins and the Timberwolves, News Talk, E3O, WCCO. It'll be the Wild and the Stars in the playoffs. We'll get into that. But uh, we're, we're going to talk college hockey first, put a wrap on the season that was, and a lot of off-season news. Jess Myers joins from the rink live, and of course, Jez joins on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, quite a trip to Florida. I hope you had a, a good stay down there, and a really disappointing end for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Ouch! I did. I did have a good trip overall, Steve. I I actually spent an extra week down there. I just came back yesterday. Nice. Uh, which was which was nice. You know, after uh, after a long hockey season, it's good to unwind a little bit. Uh, and it, it was a tough ending. You know, there's, there's no question about it. Um, you know, I tell people I'm an objective journalist and, and I get paid no matter who wins, but you know, when you follow a team all year and they're within three minutes of a national championship, uh, to go in their locker room and, and see guys, you know, uh, you know, not, not dealing with it. Well, that was tough to see. And, uh, and you know, it just seemed like the stars were aligned and everything was going so well. And then in the last, like I say, last three minutes, it all just kind of, kind of went to heck there with a, you know, a penalty at the wrong time and, and uh, Quinnipiac pulling the goalie and tying it up and, and finding a way to win it. And, you know, credit to them, 
Um, and I will say there's there's something pretty pretty special, pretty magical about seeing a, a program win its first uh, its first title. So so congrats to Quinnipiac for for finding a way. But uh, from a Gopher standpoint, yeah, that was a tough one to see. Yeah, and Bob Montesco's a really good guy, and you you feel bad for Bob and the assistant coaches and the kids that put in so much time and accomplished so much this season. But I, I'm glad you brought up Quinnipiac. I, I, I thought they played great second and a half of the game. They picked it up in period number two, had a terrific third period. And I just felt like for that entire third period, the Gophers, in, in a way, were hanging on. Yeah, and, and you know, I tweeted that at one point during the game. Yep. It seemed like, uh, you know, Minnesota had more team speed. They had more offense, all of that. And it seemed like Quinnipiac really kind of flipped a switch there. And uh, kind of took over the game, and you know, people make a fact. Uh, you know, people make a note of the fact that I think it was the last uh, last period. The Gophers had two or three shots on goal, and yeah. and it seemed like with a two to one lead, they were they were maybe content to say, hey, you know what, we can hang on, we can lock it down defensively. And in Bob Mosco's defense, they did a nice job of that. You know, you looked at that third period, and and you saw guys like Logan Cooley laying down to block shots. You know, the 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 normally offensive guys had really bought into, hey, we can win this game two to one. We can we can hang on. We can get an empty net goal. We can find a way. And then the uh, the untimely penalty with about three minutes left to Logan Cooley, and you know uh, a penalty that some folks questioned. Um, you know the the best comment I heard after the game was, "Yep, that's probably a penalty in the first period in December." But uh, in, in in a tight national championship game, some folks uh, questioned that one with two guys tied up. Uh, the fact that only one guy went to the penalty box, but you know that's neither here nor there. I mean, calls are calls are a part of the game, and and uh, it ended the way it ended. And again, that you know it was tough to see for Gopher fans because because they were real close. Yeah, and final thought on that, without dwelling too much on the title game, because I, I still think the hardcore fans are licking their wounds. I, I still feel terribly for my dad, who. Uh, been going to games, uh, you know, at the old Mariucci Arena and had season tickets in the new building for a long time and, you know, really cares about Golden Goal for hockey. So I, I feel super bad for him. But, you know, it, it, it still was one of those where it felt like maybe the Gophers kind of played to Quinnipiac's strengths and maybe went into his shell a little bit. And and there's been a lot of talk about that in the wake of that, that maybe the Gophers didn't, you know, when they got that two-goal lead, didn't say, hey, we're going to try and make it three and we're going to try and make it four, pedal to the metal attitude, where they did go into a shell a little bit. I'll say this, Steve. My, this was my 30th Frozen Four. Yep. Uh, you know, and I'm blessed to have gotten to go to 30 of them and cover 30 of them. My first one, 1989 in St. Paul, Gophers lost in overtime to Harvard. Yep. And the play that everybody remembers about that is Randy Scarta, of course, in, in overtime hitting the hitting the pipe or hitting the crossbar. The Gophers coming that close to winning it. I think the the play the the what if that will stand out from this one is late in this game up two one. Gophers, you know, Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snugger get a two on one break, and uh, just just wind up missing the net, which would have made it three to one and probably would have clinched the game. And I think. I think that's the play that Gopher fans will be be thinking about in July when they're sitting on the pontoon, hopefully, and, and thinking about you know how close they were and and uh, maybe maybe giving it another run next year. But hey, all is not lost. I mean, this is a this is a good Gopher program. They've gotten some great recruits. They've got some good guys coming back. Yes, you know Matthew and I signed a pro contract, and he looks to be a 
an important part of the playoffs for Toronto. And Brock Faber signed a contract right away, and he looks like it to be he's going to be an important part of the playoffs for the Minnesota Wild. And happy for those guys. You know, we're still waiting to hear on some key pieces. You wonder if, like, a Bryce Brodzinski will come back for that fifth year. You wonder if Logan Cooley will come back for a second year, uh, being that he's such a big part of the future in Arizona. You wonder how quickly they're going to want to get him into their system or if he'll give it another go next year. And, you know, good news, we've already heard from Jimmy Snuggerud, and he says, hey, I'm coming back for another year. Uh, He's going to give it another run. So I think the pieces are in place for – uh, uh, another shot at it next year. And keep in mind, Frozen Four is in St. Paul next year. That would be pretty cool to, to have the Gophers essentially playing at home. Well, and think how much money that's going to save the rink live uh, to have <laughs> the, the Frozen Four in St. Paul and have, instead of, you know, y- you and your four-star hotels and the fancy meals and all of that down in Florida. Well, I mean, there, there are some nice <laughs> hotel pools in St. Paul, right? I oh, can, for I sure, yeah. Pool. It, just, it, just, it just won't be outside. I mean, yeah, fine. yeah there, there you go. <laughs> Jess Myers joining us from the rink live. Jess, a lot of movement already. Uh, new coach at Wisconsin, new coach at Minnesota State. As a result, the domino is kind of falling there. Yeah, and, and this is what's interesting about kind of the modern era of college sports is Mike Hastings, you know, uh, does essentially what Bob Mosco did five years ago. He had had a nice thing going for him at Minnesota State, but he says this is my kick at the can to take over a Big Ten program and see what I can do with, uh, with a program like Wisconsin, a school that's got a great reputation, great facilities, all that. You know, so he takes over at Wisconsin. Immediately, you see several of his players from Minnesota State enter the transfer portal, and already a couple of them have announced they're transferring to Wisconsin. So this is kind of the way it works now in college sports. You know, it used to be, you know, the players complaining that, hey, a coach can leave at any time, and, and uh, you know, even though he's made a commitment to us for four years, we don't have that option. Well, now the players have a lot more power, a lot more freedom to do things like that. So uh, on the flip side of it, You've got a really exciting young coach coming to Minnesota State in Luke Strand, who was the top coach in the USHL uh, last season. He uh, he led them to the to the national excuse me to the championship of the USHL when he was with the Sioux City Musketeers. Did a fantastic job there. Parlayed that into a chance to be an assistant coach at Ohio State this past year. And you know the Buckeyes were just one win away from the Frozen Four. Had a had a really nice team there. And he uh, gets a chance to take over his own program at MSU, and you know, exciting for him as well. Yeah, and player movement. Uh, we we've seen a lot of that. Uh, players moving around. North Dakota's been very active, picking up players. This is kind of North Dakota's new style. It seems like they go get a, a goalie out of the transfer portal every year, and good for them. You know, obviously a good program there in Grand Forks, one of the top facilities in the game in Ralph Engelstad Arena. And that's a place where they've been known to bring in some experienced players. That's nice to see. On the Gopher side, we haven't seen a lot of movement yet. The one guy that we kind of expected would go into the transfer portal is Matt Stodiker. Uh, He's a senior defenseman. He was redshirted this past year with the thought that he was going to finish his degree and he would still have two years of eligibility remaining. I just heard from him last night. He announced he's going to go to Northeastern for his last or for ne- for next season. Uh, so he's going to try things out in Hockey East. And man, we wish him the best. Just a great kid and a and a really good defenseman that Northeastern is getting in Matt Stodiker. So, Jess, there's there's still a ton of work for you. A week after the Frozen Four came to an end, uh, it sounds like you're going to be busy in the short term covering the game. Lots going on, uh, not only with player and coach movement, but, you know, we've got the NHL playoffs starting up uh, yep. real soon. 
So, yeah, it, you know, I always joke with people. They say, well, when does hockey season end? I said, hockey season never ends. You know, yeah. it's always, you know, the, the NHL playoffs is going to get done, and then we're going to be talking about the draft right away. So it just seems to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, wild stars, as they get it going on Monday, they'll go every other day. Bit of a bummer that these games are starting late. Timberwolves in the same boat in the NBA playoffs starting late Sunday night. That won't be a, a tip-off till like 9.40. A wild and stars, in reality, they'll drop the puck at about 8.40 or 8.45. Monday night, Wednesday night, and then again Friday night in St. Paul, and then a week from Sunday, I think it's a 5.30 start, but that's a little tough on the youngsters on a school night. Steve, if you have any contacts in TV, could you let yeah, them know? I know. Uh, I know. Could we, could we, like, send them a map or something and let them know that Minnesota is not on the West Coast? It seems, it seems to be some confusion because, you know, the Wild and the Stars are both in the Western Conference, that they seem to think we're the same time zone as, like, California and Arizona. And, and yeah, that's not the case. Man, get a nap during the day if you can. All these 8.30 starts for the Wild uh, that gets tough on the body after a while. You know, it's, it's fun being in the playoffs, but Dallas is also in the central time zone. So I don't know right. how they think that, uh, that, that Texas, you know, wants games at eight, starting at 8.30 p.m. Um, it's maybe good if you're Tom Reed and you're some of the bar owners there on West 7th because, yes. uh, you know, folks get off work about 5, they head down to the rink and, and maybe get a, get a couple extra pops in them before they go to the rink uh, and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, it does make it tough if you're getting up the next morning to go to work after a, after a playoff game, especially if we get overtime. Yeah, the, the pubs along 7th are not complaining for sure. A quick read <laughs> on that series, uh, Wild Stars. It's, it's the old saying, how good is the goaltending? If Philip Gustafson continues to play well and Marc-Andre Fleury continues to play well, and by the way, it'll be interesting to see uh, who, who gets uh, the starts in this series for the Wild. Um, a lot of it is goaltending for sure. The, uh, the, the saying I've used before, and I, and I always go back to it come playoff time, they say uh, in the playoffs, goaltending is 90% of the equation unless you don't have it, and then it's 100% of the equation. <laughs> but... Yeah. but yeah, Dean Everson was coy today. He he wasn't really uh, tipping his hand. He said he's made a decision about who will start game one, and he said both goalies are going to play in this series. Um, now, frankly, I hope that's not the case because I hope one guy comes out and plays so well in game one that they have to keep playing him uh, uh, throughout the series. But, you know, we saw that last year in the playoffs where they had the home ice advantage against St. Louis. Marc-Andre Fleury, frankly, wasn't that great in that series. Finally, you know, they put in Cam Talbot toward the end, yeah. and it was maybe too little too late. I get the feeling that they're going to go with Gustafson. I just uh, maybe that's just my gut. But the other thing that Dean Everson has said, and and this kind of gives me a good feeling. If you're a Minnesota Wild fan, he said he thinks this year's team would have beaten last year's team for all the for all the great stuff last year's team did with you know uh, having the best season in in team history and getting home ice and all that. And you think about yeah, you don't have Kevin Fiala anymore. Well, two things on that. Number one, Kevin Fiala is hurt right now for, for Los Angeles. They don't even know if he's going to be ready for the playoffs. And number two, if you'll recall last year in the playoffs, and this happens to one player it seems every year, Kevin Fiala disappeared. We didn't hear from him in those six games. You know, it, it seemed to be the Kirill Kaprizov show the whole time against St. Louis, and, and Fiala, you know, didn't chip in the way you need guys to, especially come playoff time. So, you know, there are some reasons to feel good about this wild team heading into the playoffs. I know optimism is tough to come by if you're a Minnesota sports fan. I, you know, we, we've talked about that ad nauseum with, uh, 
with the with the Vikings and the Wolves and, and you know whoever it happens to be. But I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I'll say. Wild and Stars get started on Monday night. Hey, Jazz, always great to visit with you. We'll have to do it again soon. Always, always good to talk hockey. Call me anytime, Steve. All right, there he is, Jess Myers from the rink live. Been good enough to join us all season long on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Quick break, we'll have an update on the weather. Snow on the way into the Twin Cities and beyond tomorrow. Two to four winter weather advisory in effect. And then uh, Timberwolves. Kevin Lynch will join us from Bally Sports North here on News Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You see, CEO, Timberwolves are in the playoffs. They let one get away in L.A. and the Lakers beat them in overtime in the first play-in game. And then the do-or-die game with OKC on Friday night. The Timberwolves blow out the Thunder and advance to play Denver Game 1 coming up late Sunday night. Our coverage begins at 8. I'll be on the air uh, between 8 and 9. Then Cal with the pregame at 9. Tip at about 9.40 tomorrow night. It'll be the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Game 1 from the Mile High City. Game 2 on Wednesday. Pregame at 8.30. Henry Lake uh, will get you up to game time there. And then they return to Target Center for games three and four uh, next Friday and Sunday. And, of course, we'll have coverage plans as we work uh, the Timberwolves and the Twins on the WCCO schedule. Kevin Lynch joining us. And uh, Kev is a Timberwolves analyst for Ballet Sports North. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to visit with you. Here we are. Timberwolves finally in the playoffs and th- these last two games strike me as being kind of the, the Timberwolves season in a nutshell, if you will. You know, they they play pretty well against LA. They let it get away in overtime, and then they come back and and just blow out Oklahoma City uh, in in the, that game on Friday night to earn a berth with the Denver Nuggets. You just never know what you're going to get with this team night in night out. Yeah. Well, that is 
spot on. That is exactly right. I mean, the entire season, you know what's funny is like the entire season has been win a game, lose a game, win three, lose three, and it's just been back and forth between really good wins against particular competition and then you lose twice to De- to Detroit and a couple to San Antonio, a couple to Charlotte. I mean, some of the worst teams in the league, you just don't play well and you lose some of these games. And then at the same time, you have some good wins against some of the better teams or the best teams. So, And then w- within certain games, it's the same thing. It's It's just where you – have good stretches where you're defending and you're scoring, and then, and then other stretches where in the third quarters, for a you know a good chunk of the season, the Wolves will come out in the third quarter and just play brutally bad basketball after playing well in the first half. Yep. So it's um, it's just back and forth, inconsistent play that um, has really defined this entire season. So it's it's a head scratcher. But yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's just, what are you going to get out of this team? That's just, uh, that's always a question. Yeah, and then the the way things kind of fell apart um, at the end of the regular season and the incident between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert in the yeah. huddle and Jaden McDaniels punching a wall. I mean, it just was like, you, you think that they're, they're done. And then they played pretty well against L.A. and ended up losing a heartbreaker to the Lakers in that first play-in game. And then, and then they just dominated the Thunder on Friday night. It's crazy. I know. I know. I mean, it's just the the yeah, just the the drama. I don't know, the dramatic moments. It's like even you can go back to the trade deadline back in February. You know, right. D'Angelo Russell. We could all see that he wasn't the answer, even though he played okay at times. As a scorer, he he did okay, but he could never guard the other team's you know point guard, which was a major issue, and and he was inconsistent. And then so you you change point guards in February, so that's a that's that's dramatic. And then eventually Towns comes back after missing four months. Nas Reed, who was having an excellent season, he breaks his wrist. That's mm. that's a dramatic moment for this team. You're kind of hoping he could you know, finished the year strong and he was playing so well. And then everything, then they lose to Portland, a team that's basically tanking. That was a couple weeks ago. And like you said, then all the drama from this past week. And then people are saying to me, oh, man, this things are just falling apart, McDaniels and the fight and the huddle. And, yeah. and then they, and then the, the Laker game was, was dramatic and it goes to overtime. And, I mean, it's just, it's it's almost like you can't make this stuff up. It's got to be real life stuff that's going on. And but here we go. They're in the playoffs. They, they're playing a team, Denver, who's who's had a good season. But Wolves can beat these guys. I mean, if they can somehow figure it out and play consistently well against a good Denver team, the Wolves are going to be right there, Steve. Yeah, and a, a guy we've got to bring up, and and there's the Cats return and Rudy Gobert and. The, the drama was slow-mo, and Anthony yeah. Edwards, still a young kid, and the ups and downs in his game. But Mike Conley, that, that move, I, it, it's yeah. just what a steadying influence. And he had his fingerprints all over this win over Oklahoma City, I thought, on, on Friday night. You know, watch him play, too. You know, we've all, you know, if you're an NBA fan, I know you watch some games, watch the Wolves, and I've been an NBA fan since I, I've been a kid. 
Well, you know, it's like you, you watch the, you, we've been watching him play. We watched him at Ohio State that one season with Greg Oden. And I, I mean, I got to admit, when it came to Conley, when I saw him play in college, I was like, ah, really good college player, good athlete, but he just didn't wow you, you know? And then he, so I, I wasn't expecting, I was not expecting very much out of his NBA career. And he has proven me wrong, and he is, he has been an excellent player, one of the better point guards in this league, but nobody talks about him. He's got kind of a, you know, I don't know, his personality is pretty quiet, pretty reserved, so he's not like Russell Westbrook or, or Kyrie Irving, who's in the, these guys are in the news all the time with big personalities. But, um, yeah, Conley has had a, such a good career, and you're exactly right. I mean, he just, he pl- this is what I was going to say, is, he plays so young. He moves so great for a guy who's what thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. He's played sixteen years or whatever it's been. He just he just moves like, like. And I know he's talked recently about trying to play to twenty years or whatever. He's going to do it because physically, he just he plays like he's twenty five. He just moves so well, and he's obviously mature. And and you know when the Wolves really need him to. To organize, he organizes. When the Wolves need him to score and make some threes, he has done that. And, God, I mean, it's been – Chris Finch has said recently about Conley, too, Steve, how how he has been a perfect fit for them. And that's kind of unusual for a coach, head coach, to use that word perfect when it comes to one of his players. But it's really worked out that way. So you're exactly right. When it comes to these big games – um, he is doing so many good things and positive things. And, you know, you can talk about Edwards and Towns and Gobert and Anderson, but Mike Conley has been right there when it comes to making big plays. Yeah, and then uh, getting into this matchup before we run out of time, Kev, I want to get your thoughts. Jokic, but but they've got Gobert, and he, and then, of course, now you have Cat. So the, the, the Timberwolves have, have the size to deal with Denver. Yeah, that that's that's the whole thing. I mean, everybody kind of forgets what happened in that series against Memphis last year. The Wolves just got absolutely dominated. The Wolves were the weakest team around the basket last year when they were playing small, and they had a roster full of smaller guys. And getting Gobert, I know some people are, oh, they shouldn't have traded for him, but they needed. I know I told you many times the Wolves needed, Wolves needed more size, and it, it's – like even in that Laker game recently, uh, earlier this week, how the the Lakers defense really they hunkered down, and the Wolves they they pushed the Wolves offense further and further away. And a big part of the Lakers' ability to do that is they did not have to contend with Gobert doing his thing right around the basket, and their defense got solidified because of the lack of Gobert's game. And and it's harder to do that with him in in the, in the game for Minnesota. So it's. The Wolves' ability to play big is what they need to do. It's not always going to work, but they can punish teams inside like they did last night with that size, and uh, that's going to that's going to help them uh, starting this series. Yeah, uh, Timberwolves Nuggets late tomorrow night. Uh, folks are going to probably need a nap. Nine forty, the tip time. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get started at eight. We'll have a pregame to the pregame Cal at nine, and then Alan Horton with all the play-by-play uh, for that one. Uh, Timberwolves and Nuggets, first round of the playoffs. Here we go. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, this is uh, it's just such, it's too bad that McDaniel's is hurt. I mean, having yeah. his defense in there guarding variety guys and Michael Porter, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Jaden McDaniel's that's a good matchup. McDaniel's can stay with with uh, Jamal Murray too, so they're going to miss him, miss Nas Reed, but. Man, this is the Wolves can have success against these guys. I would not be surprised if, if this is a six or seven game series. Some people are like, "Oh, Denver's going to blow them out." Not, no, they're not. This is going to be interesting. And if the Wolves play well, they can win it. So let's go in looking at it like that. All right, Kev. Always good to visit with you. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Kevin Lynch, Ballet Sports North, Timberwolves analyst, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We'll come back, have some of the headlines from the day in sports in a moment here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Twins fall to the Yankees 6-1. to We'll have some highlights from that one. Uh, Yankees once again take game three of that four-game set. Twins won the first to 6-1 the final today. New York wins it. We'll have more on that. NBA playoffs getting started today. A lot of the games out east. Early, it was Philly beating Brooklyn 121-101. to 101. James Harden, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 13 assists. Sixers win game 1. Uh, under a minute to go in the game. Boston leading Atlanta 112-97. Celtics led it by 30 at halftime. Coming up tonight, New York and Cleveland and then the late game, Golden State at Sacramento. And then uh, the games on Sunday, uh, the early game, the L.A. Lakers in Memphis to play the Grizzlies. And then it'll be Miami in Milwaukee. That'll be a 4.30 start our time. And then at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, the L.A. Clippers in Phoenix to take on the Suns. The nightcap, Minnesota and Denver to take on the Nuggets. Our coverage begins at 8. Pre-game show with Cal at 9. And then the tip at about 9.40 with Alan Horton tomorrow night as the playoffs get started. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs start on Monday. Of the Wild Open against the Dallas Stars. We'll talk much more about that with Damien Zutani of the Pioneer Press. Following the news and weather next, here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.